brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey everybody, it is producer Michelle and I am here, of course, with this week's review of last night's episode of Game of Thrones. It was the finale! So there is a lot to talk about, people. And listen, if you don't like spoilers or language, then I'm going to suggest that you stop listening now. This was it. This was the finale. Finite, fin, it's over, and we will not get any new episodes until 2019. What the hell?! Yeah, that's right, folks. Production for the new season is set to start in October, and these final six episodes will be all reportedly feature film in length, so 80 minutes or more. It is going to be epic. Now, talking about epic, this final episode for me was just incredible. On at least three occasions, I was standing up yelling my pleasure at the TV, so let's get started. Now, we all knew how this was going to start this episode, it was going to start, of course, with this meeting in the Dragon's Pit at King's Landing. John, Cersei, Tyrion, and all the others meet. Can I just say, though, that I love that Danny made Cersei wait? And then she makes her entrance on Drogon, you know, to remind Cersei what she's dealing with. Kick-ass dragons, you bitch! Yeah, don't forget, I still got dragons. I might only have two, but I still have dragons. Now, the Hound brings out the White... And everybody freaks out. Euron Greyjoy hightails it out of there and says, screw you guys. I'm going back to the island because these dead soldiers can't swim. So bye. The only guy who didn't freak was Quiburn, Cersei's hand, who is oddly fascinated. Hmm, I wonder why. Is that because he brought Sir Gregor back from the dead and he's admiring the Night King's handiwork to see how he could bring more people back from the dead? This is a situation that's going to worry me a little bit going forward because we know that Quiburn can bring back people from the dead. So... I wonder if there's going to be some kind of alliance between Quiburn and Cersei and the Night King. I know that's really kind of far out there, but you never know. Now, Cersei agrees to fight the war with the dead after seeing this thing if Jon Snow remains neutral. Now, he doesn't. Cersei gets pissed and she leaves. And, well, that leaves them all fucked. But this is why we love Jon Snow. He refuses to lie or go back on his word. I love that about him. It's, he's like the perfect hero. So Tyrion walks literally into the lion's den to try to convince Cersei otherwise. They fight. He realizes that she's pregnant and finally gets her to reconsider, quote unquote. Now, I say that sarcastically because as it turns out, Cersei is Cersei and she has no intention of helping them to fight the army of the dead. And in fact, Euron is not returning to the Iron Islands, but he's, he's going to go grab the, uh, the army that Cersei bought from Braavos. 
And Jamie has that look on his face when he finds out that Cersei is not going to live up to her word. He's so hurt. And once again, she is totally disappointed in him. I think he really thinks that there's something good left in her. Hint, Jamie, there's not. Especially after she accused him of treason and almost sicked Sir Gregor on him. And this was the first moment that I stood up, and I'm standing up right now in this episode because it made me so angry. Because I really, really, really thought that Sir Gregor was going to kill Jamie. Because, you know, somebody's got to die in the finale. Somebody important's got to die in a finale. And I thought for sure at that moment that it was going to be Jamie. But he called her bluff. And he ends up leaving King's Landing to ride north as it starts to snow because he wants to live up to his part of the bargain to fight the army of the dead. Now, I'm hoping that he and Brienne of Tarth will finally get it on. Yes, you can't deny it, you two. You're attracted to each other, so just do it already. So Cersei's alone with a dead guy protecting her and a crazy hand. And yeah, she's going to be in a really great mood next season. Now, Sam makes it to Winterfell, and he talks to Bran, who tells him that Jon's on his way back. And hey, when he gets here, we got to tell him that he's not really a Stark. He's still a bastard, but he's not a Stark. That his parents are Rhaegar Targaryen, Danny's brother, and Lyanna Stark, Ned's sister. But that he's still a bastard. But Sam goes, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 my friend. He is not a bastard. And he tells Bran about the annulment info that Gilly found, so we know now that John is a true Targaryen, Aegon Targaryen to be exact, and therefore the true heir to the Iron Throne. Now, by the way, was it just me or shouldn't Bran, who can see all things because he's the three-eyed raven, shouldn't he have known all about the annulment already? And really, let's be honest here. Shouldn't we be giving credit to Gilly, who found that info in the first place? Give Gilly credit! Meanwhile... Back at Dragonstone, John and Danny do it. And after just finding out that all that info about how she's really John's aunt, it was honestly a little creepy. But I loved it anyway because I have a new theory. I think that Danny may not be a Targaryen at all. I'm not sure why I think that. It's just a feeling I have because of the complicated back history about her father and because my last two theories have been correct, one of which I'll talk about in a second. I think I'm totally right. This way, John and Danny can be king and queen without any of that weird incest stuff. Oh, please, let's not let her be related to Jon Snow because that's just too creepy. I don't like that. And while we're talking about Dragonstone, Theon had a little moment in this episode, which I really liked. He wants to go save his sister, and he asked for the other Iron Island soldiers to help, and they basically told him to fuck off because he's a giant pussy. But Theon starts a fight with the head guy, gets the crappy out of him, but then the guy starts kicking Theon in the nuts, and Theon's smiling, saying, hey, you know what? I don't have the twig or the berries, so kick me in the nuts all you want. And he turns the tables on the guy and wins the other's respect, and I expect that they'll be off to try to save Yara from Uncle Jerkface Euron. Now, this was my favorite part of the whole episode and literally got me up screaming because I predicted this was going to happen to my husband a couple of episodes ago when Arya finally returned to Winterfell. Now, listen, we all know that Littlefinger was pitting sister against sister. In the end, he wanted Sansa and he wanted to be on the Iron Throne. And we've known that both sisters know deep down inside what a total douchebag he is. But they didn't know the extent of his treachery to the family. 
But the last few episodes saw him really plotting for Sansa to kind of kill Arya by setting up Arya to find that note that makes it look like Sansa betrayed the family so that she would confront her and they would get into a fight. Sansa finds Arya's bag, bag of faces, telling Sansa to send Brienne of Tarth off to King's Landing on her behalf. And we all know that Brienne was sworn to protect both daughters. So why would Sansa send her away? Because she had her own plot to deal with asshole Littlefinger. Sansa and Arya played their parts so well, but I knew, knew they were smarter than they were acting the last few episodes. The subtle clues were all there. And when I went back and watched those episodes again, I found even more subtle clues. And I'm like, there it is. There it is. There it is. So when Sansa summoned Arya to the Great Hall for a chat, it all didn't look good for Arya. It looked like Littlefinger was going to win. But as soon as I heard Arya say this. Are you sure you want to do this? I knew something was going on. I knew it. I knew it. And so I'm waiting for it. I'm getting goosebumps. I started standing up and I was screaming, yes, yes, they're going to deal with this asshole. But then came the best line in the entire episode. You stand accused of murder. You stand accused of treason. How do you answer these charges? Lord Baelish. Oh my God, it was so epic. She turns to him and stares at him and he is totally surprised by this whole thing. Finally realizes that he finally got one-upped by these sisters who are a lot smarter than his ass is. And He's begging for his life. He, he goes back. He goes to the Knights of the Veil and says, I demand you return me back to the, the Veil immediately. And they're like, yeah, asshole, we don't think so. Not going to happen. You betrayed these girls and you, you, you killed their parents because of your treachery. It is not going to happen. So stand here and face your fate. And what was his fate? He ends up begging, getting on his knees literally and begging. And guess who comes over to slash his throat? Arya. It was Awesome. I was so happy when Arya slashed his throat without abandon. Serves you right, little finger. Do not mess with the Stark girls. Don't ever. And finally, it ended at Eastwatch, the wall. Now, first, you just saw you saw a Tormund standing up on the wall, and you see a few of the dead soldiers coming through the forest into the white open space. Then more of them come, and then more of them come, and then there's this huge army of the dead just standing there, staring at the wall. And then guess what? What we all expected, that dickhead, the Night King, comes flying in on his now zombie by Ciri and the dragon, which, by the way, bleeds, uh, breathes blue ice, and I'm assuming not blue fire, but regardless, the wall starts to come down, and Tormon, my very favorite ginger, was there, and I'm just hoping, hoping he survived because I love him. So a huge portion of the wall is destroyed, and now the army of the dead is starting to march south. Let's just hope everyone else gets to Winterfell in time, and that Bran can somehow figure out this three-eyed raven stuff so that he can take control of Zombie Dragon. Now, as I said, the new season starts filming in October, and I'll be on pins and needles until the show returns to wrap all of this up. I'm hoping that Jamie will ultimately be the one to kill Cersei, that the Hound will kill his brother, that Tormund is alive, that girls rule next season just like they ruled this season, and that we'll find out that Danny is really not a Targaryen because I don't want her and Jon to be related. I want them to be king and queen outright. They are too hot of a couple for that uh, incest ickiness. Until next season, 
Thanks for listening. This is producer Michelle. 